I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov and Alex Nolan is single. (laughs) And my name is Colin Drucker and I'm having a diaper emergency. Diaper nine one one. Diaper nine one one. The beat that she holds when she looks at Maya and goes, diaper emergency like genius like genius nuance i there there's too much nuance like honestly like i told myself before we started this episode i was like you were gonna forget to mention something and you're just gonna have to like live with it because i know the moment we stopped recording i was like oh i should have talked about that part i know but um there's so much it's so saturated with those kind of moments uh, in this show too, and I cut you off completely mid sentence, but no, go on. no, that uh, <laughs> no, not at all. I uh, I totally agree. I think that's a good disclaimer to put at the beginning yeah. of this episode, in which we are just free form queening out on the show Pen Fifteen, uh, <sighs> especially as season two is about to come out this week. I know this Friday. This I've Friday. off. I um I'm gonna watch it with you met Jamie when you were in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yes. we watched okay. an episode of Pen Fifteen with her. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that was great. That's such a great uh, little callback because she was the one. This is kind of bleeding into like how we started or when we started to watch Pen Fifteen. But she was the one who kept texting me and she was like, "You need to watch this show. I promise." And I was like, "I don't know. I had never heard of it, mm. or if I had heard of it, I just really didn't know anything about it." And then I watched it, and I was immediately hooked. So she is like my Pen Fifteen. She is the, like the Anna to my Maya. Although she says she's more of an uh, a Maya, even though she looks like Anna. <laughs> yeah, I would say she she looks more like an Anna in terms of yes. you know casting. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but we are planning on. After work on Friday, we're going to order some food. I might go to her house. She might come to mine, and we're going to watch the entire thing. Oh, my God. That sounds so good. I know. Yeah. I um, So Friday, I will be in my new apartment, and we'll Mm. be in the process of unpacking and resettling. Oh, yeah. It'll uh, be a bit busy. Yes, but I feel like at some point, you know, I'll have at least the basics of, like, a coffee table and a couch settled so I can just, like, take a break in the the – in the chaos of it all and just go back to the to the delightful world of pen 15 which which also really has been in these past few days of packing that it's been my mental break is like oh i have 10 episodes of pen 15 yeah just just you know waiting oh it's you know i had i don't remember how i started watching or like what brought me to finally watch pen 15 yeah 
I feel like it's one of those shows because I judge books by covers and TV shows by thumbnails pretty quickly of like, I, I could have read it as like, oh, is this, is this kind of, I don't, I think maybe I didn't realize judging TV show by thumbnail, how smart it was and how accurate it was and how nuanced it was. And I think my, my prejudgment may have been like oh is this going to be like snl sketch level of funny you know what i mean yeah is it like kids in the hall sort of like sketch show uh yeah, yeah. Or just like the and like the level of detail or the or the you know how deep it goes or the kind of jokes they make because i think that is like the pitfall of like a reference-based show is sometimes the joke is like oh look remember this and then that's the joke yes and like i mean I would say, you know, especially even like this during this last rewatch, I mean, minutes into the first episode, I was like, oh, God, this is just uh, it's even better than I remembered it. (laughs) It is none of what I could have prejudged it as. It is so much more. I, I, I can't say I can't sing its praises enough. And I also know, like within that, there's like this asterisk of like, this might not resonate with people that were like five years older or five years younger than like where these girls are. Because where were you in 2000? You were in high school. You're you're older than I am. Yeah. So I it's funny. I was it, I had to literally start like writing it down of like, where was I like starting school in like fall of 2000? And I was starting sophomore year of high school. So cool. but I would say like even that like despite that you know couple years off like it all still very much resonated yeah it really did i mean Mm -hmm. all the like the moment you hear mandy moore's candy like the moment that that starts i was like oh oh yeah and even like when they're like okay let's step out of the car together and it's like it like i i like cringed and smiled at the same time yeah um, uh, where were yeah. you in 2000? What was your... I was a freshman in high school, so okay. I, I'm a year younger than you. And I think Anna and Maya were both born in um, 87, which is a year older than, or a year younger than I am, too. Okay. So, um, so they're not far behind either, too. But, like, again, uh, all these references, like, the middle school experience is not lost. I think, like, that's m- probably the most universal thing about it is mm-hmm. how bad middle school is, especially for girls and just trying to stay afloat. Um, but there, it's just an added bonus that it happens to be around the same time that we were in middle school and like the clothes and the music and the gel pens and, oh, just like, uh, Surge. Yeah, Surge, Surge is featured. Old Suji's Navy like khakis. Drinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the fashion. The fashion. Oh, I mean, it, yeah, it's just, I mean, oh, it, it, it is I, I love seeing how much this resonates for people like in comment sections on like YouTube clips and, and IMDB reviews where people are like, this spoke to me on such a deep level. And and I do think there is, it's kind of like with difficult people where if you've lived in New York, then you, then you get the jokes even more yes. because there's just, yeah. is that specificity. And I think it's totally, I think it's great that there's a show can get this specific and still be this popular. But I think that's one of the things I love the most about it is that, not only does Pen15, does the humor speak to a certain generation very distinctly, but so does the, like, trauma-drama side of it, you know? And, yes. And, like, I think that that balance, the fact that this show can both, like, make the jokes that, like, 
Oh, Marco is. What are you doing, buddy? This is okay. Thank you. Um, sorry. Uh, uh, but the fact that like the jokes can resonate, but so can some of the sadder, heavier moments. Like that, they can balance the both both of those elements, and it works. It's just ugh. Yeah. I, it I just prepare for me to say many times this episode. Ugh, this show is yeah. just so good. <laughs> I was as I was taking notes too, and like I did, I took enough um, just to kind of give myself a little bit of a, of structure. But a lot of it was just me like looking out into the distance and being like, I I don't know how to put this into words. But like I, because okay, look, it's like Colin and I both are white men, mm-hmm. and we we don't know the female experience in middle school, but we do know like the gay male experience in middle school, and it's not the same. But they're like in the same arena of sorts too. It's like you hung out with these girls. It's like oh, I yeah. would be, I would totally be friends with both of them, and and yeah. I want to be friends with both of them, both on the show and in real life. Oh um, seriously? Oh yeah, because in seventh grade, all of my friends were girls. I yeah, was the I didn't one. Have any guy friends? No, yeah. no. I was the one boy in a group of girls, and uh, <laughs> you know, just like and very clearly gay. Um, yeah. But uh, so yeah, like a lot of this, even though I wasn't, you know, a girl in middle school, I like, I had witnessed all of this. I I I knew about girls having their periods in seventh grade, and it like wasn't even like a gross factor it was just like it was as if i was one of the girls like oh wow you got your period oh wow you know like it it was just i don't know like i and i look back fondly on those girls because those girls were my friend well you know i was getting bullied a lot in middle school and whatnot me too i was gonna say right right like those girls are my heroes in some ways you know yes yeah they were the ones who were a little bit of a sounding board and who i just kind of they were my protectors in a way it's like yes it's like there's nothing worse than like middle school gym and like having to get ready and like because they're in their part and you are forced to go into your part oh, of yeah. the of the the gymnasium or as far as even just getting changed and it sucks and people like you're just watching the other guys just like you know smack each other's ass, asses but like in like uh like ooh isn't that funny but mm-hmm. like they, they're not doing and you're just kind of <laughs> sorting it out in your own way and, and i'm the just gay like, one yeah yeah i know and just like ch- you know changing in the stall for swim <laughs> class oh god i mean i uh god i mean changing in the stall like yeah just, that's yeah. a whole stop like, reading my mood as the kids say that's yeah. a mood yeah i mean that's also like wearing a swim shirt at a pool party you know oh Which, yes Oh, I don't want to get my shoulders sunburned. Oh my god! Yeah, any excuse to cover your body and just shield it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, I was there. Oh, I think in the second season there is a pool party episode that I imagine. Oh, the first episode is just called Pool. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think I might have texted you this too, but I, I had like an aneurysm last week because I went to watch season one on Hulu, and season two episodes are out. But the only things that are up are is just the descriptions of them. Oh, okay. Uh, which is just I. So the first episode is called Pool. Second episode is called Wrestle. Uh, I guess Maya joins the wrestling team oh my, or something. Oh, I, I I saw in the preview someone was wearing a a wrestling. Uh, singlet i think yes and just kind of skipping around there's a sleepover episode um there's an episode called play like the school play which i am so thankful that there's a theater element because that was my own secret like (laughs) what i would pray to every night is just like please let there be 
because these girls belong in the theater world. Like mm-hmm. they have to be there at some point. And I think Anna's like the stage manager and Maya's in the play, which oh I feel is God. interesting because I feel like Anna is such a, a thespian in that way. So I am i can't wait to hear about that drama. Yeah. And then season two, episode seven is called Opening Night. So I just... Oh, my God. I'm, I'm beside myself and I can't wait. And, you know, there. I mean, I'm just, yeah, the nuances of theater practice after school and the theater kids, which we see a little of in the first season in the racism episode when yes. Anna recruits the theater kids mm-hmm. uh, like to, to do that, that guerrilla oh, yeah, theater that's moment. That's right. Oh yeah. my Lord. And, and I, I love, like it. Yeah. Go well, ahead, and go, watch go. the nuance of the one girl wearing like the cat's jacket and like yes. the gay boy with like the, the playbill tucked like into the, like under the laminate of his yes. like binder. Oh God. Sorry. You were going to say, no, I, I was going to say a great many things. I can't, I'm, I'm trying to just sort out my thoughts here too. But um, yeah, I think that uh, everything that, <sighs> I'm just thinking about season one now too. I, I'm interested because I think Anna, I don't know if I just said this, but she's the stage manager, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like a slow-mo of her like walking down the hall, like in slow motion, like in all her blacks, you know? Oh, And God. then like, and like her black clothes. And then like everyone is like behind her and it's like a, it's like a flying V. I just can't wait. Oh my God. For well, that. That, like, I mean, I feel like that is like the authority of being the stage manager, like the authority that like the tech crew kids like had. Cause you know, I, I did theater in high school and it was just like, they were, you know, we were just like, you know, the, the dumbass actor kids on stage, but like the tech crew was, you know, I think they saw themselves as like, the logical brain of the operation. You sure, know? yeah. I can um, picture Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. I can yeah. picture Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Um, Anna just being like, okay, guys, like we need to calm down. Like seriously. Right. Like one of those. Right. Well, and that's one of the things that I love about Anna. I mean, obviously, as you know, I, uh, eventually as a child of divorce, she was. And sure. I, my parents got divorced when I was nine. Like the nuances that Anna has of, I mean, I think one of my favorite things of the show is this kind of forced maturity in Anna and the way that she connects with other adults and how she like Sam's parents during the, um, uh, the masturbation episode, we'll just call it when she, when she thinks that Maya is at Sam's house doing the project, but Maya's home masturbating in her closet. And so Anna goes to (laughs) Sam's house and like ends up like having a talk with Sam's mom and dad and eating bagel bites. Yes. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening. (laughs) And like best supporting actress, Sam's mother, when Anna starts singing, she just kind of like glances away like, okay. This kid it's is happening. singing at my table. Yeah, and orange juice. She's drinking orange juice with them, which in a in a way, like I'd like I like to try that. I think yeah, it'd be nice. yeah. I'd like yeah, an orange juice with a plate of bagel bites and yeah. some like parents to talk to. Like, ugh. I, she's like, it, I feel like I could talk to you guys forever. Like ugh. I could stay here forever. Like that was also me. I remember like. I, I was so good with parents. All yeah. gay kids. I shouldn't say all, but most gay boys are really good with moms because we love moms yeah yeah that's i mean that is a nuance is like i i felt the same way i felt like i was great with moms a little awkward with dads you know yes uh i got better with them as i got older but (laughs) (laughs) honka honka Um, yeah honka honka (laughs) still still working through those issues but Mm -hmm. um but i feel like with moms like i just like I, I was in my wheelhouse 
with a mom. I knew how to talk to a mom. I, you know, mom humor was funny. I liked making a mom laugh, you know, carpool moms. I always wanted to be the best kid in the car. Like, yes, it's. And so the way that Anna really, the way that she plays that and the way that they wrote it and directed it in a show, not tell kind of way, like we're never given the explanation. We're just shown this as a character quality of hers. And over time, like it just starts to make sense. Like she's, she's gravitating towards stable adults in her life and like yeah. is forced to because she's just like always forced to kind of be in adult conversations and situations with her parents. Uh, I, I love that because it's uh, you see it also when she meets Brendan's mom for the first time. Yeah, She's like, hi, I'm Anna. And she she just kind of snaps into it. Like it's not you don't really see the switch, but she just knows it's like she's mm-hmm. a pro. And she yeah. just like snaps into like uh, polite, you know, young woman, <laughs> mature yeah. young woman. And and like the, the material that she goes to of like, oh, you, your den is beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's so smart. And I think, you know, I I love Anna and Maya equally and in different ways because they both are bringing such unique elements and characters like one is no better than the other. Yeah, I can't choose. I I've, couldn't I've choose. tried. I've tried. I, I said before, probably on a podcast, that I like Anna more. But after rewatching this, too, it's like they're they're a, a package. They are yeah. also like separately incredibly great and gifted actors and yeah. like writers, too, because they wrote some of this as well. But uh, it's so hard. It's so it's hard. It's so to choose hard. Between. I think that I think that this sort of in terms of who I identify with more is probably Anna just because like sure I have some of those similar experiences but I I I that, that takes nothing away from Maya and I had you know a friend in college who I feel like you know had so much of the same experience like she was first generation Chinese American not Japanese sure. but like facing some of that same some of those same qualities and and you know, I think that scene when when Maya is like looking at herself in the mirror and trying to like change oh, her yes. eyes and whatnot, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. from talking to my friend, like I know how much that must resonate uh, for her and for people like that in the same way that Anna's child of divorce experience resonates for me. And I love that like all of that is getting captured by these two girls. Yeah, there's this beautiful like through line of... um like they sort of establish it in episode one of let's do everything together. Let's have mm-hmm. our, let's have like our first, this, they want to have their first kiss together, which like would never happen. Like, can you imagine having your first kiss together oh. with someone? I don't know how that, like uh, the logistics work on that, but, but through the season you see, it's like their first taste of, and it happens in different moments too, of them not, I mean, it, ap- it happens in episode two, which is my, it used to be my favorite episode, but now I have an, a new favorite episode. But mm-hmm. uh, the episode's called Miranda, where they go yeah. over to Miranda's house and like they um, they have their first beer. And um, you know, I think it was Maya started drinking it before Anna did, mm-hmm. and then Anna like <laughs> Anna like chugs it and like smashes it against her head, or she um, like she just like squishes it. And even but like even within like the sort of social like sort of benchmarks of being a teenager there's also the other like first of like getting your first period and masturbating mm-hmm. both of which anna no excuse me uh, maya experiences first and like really really holds back because it is like one of those things right it's like um 
especially the period it's like she gets it and doesn't she doesn't tell anna yeah she doesn't tell her at all and she when she does tell anna about masturbating i love that they don't show that conversation and then they show anna saying like i kind of do that sometimes too and like it's sort of like a because I think Maya thinks she's weird for doing mm-hmm. it, which is like, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah, go well, ahead. That's, I, mean, I think, I think yeah. that that point right there is like the through line of so many of these experiences. Like, oh, is this weird? Like, am I weird going through this? And like, and what this show is, why the show is so special is like, no, you're not weird. You are one of so many people yeah. who you know discovered <clears throat> masturbating in middle school or girls who had their period and and thought oh shit now what and am i the only one you know this is happening to and uh and i think that moment where where maya is you know saying to anna like i just am i weird for doing this and or she says i i guess or they coming to the conclusion that like i guess i'm not that weird if you do it too you know yes and her like the relief that maya feels when she's like okay cool nice and, yeah. But they show Anna later, and, like, she's not masturbating. She, I mean, but she's kind of just putting – it's, like, it's not masturbating, but, like, no one knows how to masturbate when you start, you know? Yeah. And, and like, I've talked to, like, Keon about this, too, about, like, how – like, the position of your hands and, like, how you go about it. Like, there are infinite ways to um <laughs> to enter the dress, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but it's but that's also interesting too that like that might be Anna's way of like how she starts to do that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's interesting to see. It's like the end of the episode. She's just kind of lying there and listening to her like her parents argue. Right. Right. Oh, the parents. Um, the parents. Which I want to talk about too. But um, but yeah, I just think it's like so. Uh, I like the like the the one thing I don't get the reference is the Sylvania characters. Is that something? I that, don't remember that. And yeah, yeah. I guess it is, though. I think um, our friend Kate, she collected them when she was younger. She mm-hmm. was, like, really into them. But I love that that's a sort of... It's probably the most childlike thing that they do. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of gets, like, set aside. Like, they get made fun of in the lunchroom. And then eventually they don't want to do it anymore. Because, like... I think that's the Miranda episode, actually, where they decide mm-hmm. to go out and, like do something cool you know but i right i get those things because i think anna says like i want to do this every friday for the rest of our lives and that's just like it's funny but like i get that level of commitment when you're in middle school like why would we do anything else but this it just doesn't yeah. make sense yeah. right right and like that kind the, i think at that age it's that it's that the type of play and how the type of play changes and that it's yes. not really like an active decision a lot of times it's just like circumstantial you know like i I feel like I had friends, you know, friends who I was, you know, friends with before this age and then going into this age where we transitioned out of playing with action figures or, or Barbies if I was if I was lucky enough to I know, right? play with my female friends' Barbies. But um, I settled for action figures because I could get, you know, female action figures and kind of, you know, make clothes for them out of old rags and rubber bands, you know? <laughs> True story. Um, and so, and I was always like, oh, but they don't have real hair, you know? It's all plastic. I know, the hair was the best part, yeah, honestly. Yeah, that was really important. But I think, you know, the way that that kind of play transitions, uh, you know, I, I can't even remember... Like I, I think it is situations like like the Miranda episode where just something, something shifts or something snaps or something happens, and you're and and kind of the energy just it's like a battery draining, 
like yeah. the the excitement behind it kind of drops away and it's like oh but i need more like i need to kind yeah. of i i need more to excite me because i'm i'm suddenly a little bit older or more mature or i or one day i've suddenly grown out of this thing yeah and the idea of just like beyond that like going i wanted to mention this earlier too it's like the status of middle school and mm-hmm. how like it's your first because in elementary school everyone's like honest on the same playing field like you know that there might be like popular kids but it's mm-hmm. not as evident i guess but once you get into middle school it is clear like the cream rises to the top but like if you're popular in middle school you're probably like a deadbeat right now. <laughs> you know what oh, i mean like everyone i know, I know not all, of course. There are, like, some really successful people that I remember were really popular in middle school. It's, like... But I remember it was almost like um, watching, like, E! News. You know, like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. There was a... I mean, my Alex Nolan was a, a guy named Justin Moose was his oh name. My God. Justin Moose, which sounds made up, but that was his name. And he was so handsome and, like, so cute. He was, like, the epitome, like, the bowl cut. Like, he had everything. And I remember one day he got glasses. And my friend Jen came up to me, like, in the hallway. No, it was at lunchtime. She's like, oh, my God. Justin Moose got glasses. And I remember that so vividly. And I was like, oh, my God. And I remember looking at him. And he looked, like, so much cuter because he had glasses. He mm-hmm. was, like, smart now. And, like, uh, but it was, like, you know, when someone gets glasses, it's, like, seen as, like, a handicap in some ways, even though it is completely not. Right. Um, I was never – I was excited to get glasses because one of my – like, the most popular girl in elementary school, her name was Amanda Shields. She got glasses, so I wanted glasses. It's, like, the mm-hmm. Mean Girls thing, like um, – And it's it, an it's accessory, just, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. But I just remember – you just want to try to get to that level of popularity, but you, you can't just accept where you are. There's always like the need to want to move up or forward, especially with girls too. Oh yeah. Like I, I, it's funny. Trying and to... me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Girls and me. Um, I, you know, trying to think of like the, I feel like the popular boy, cause I went to, so I went to Catholic school and it was like K through eight it was all one school and so there was no distinction between grades you know middle school elementary um and so we were all together through that experience you know through those those years and that probably affected things a little bit just because there wasn't that break of going to like a separate middle school um but i feel like you know there for me there kind of was because it was starting in sixth grade that like you know uh, I think what happened, I think it was this, this mix of, I kind of figured out in sixth grade that I was gay. I was probably yeah. presenting to some extent as gay, but then I was, and I, but I was still friends with like some boys and some girls. And like, there was, you know, it, there was kind of like a pre-awakening, you know, like realizing I was gay and everything that happened in sixth grade was such an awakening because I, I guess I got into a fight with a friend and he started telling everybody that I was gay And so then that like started, you know, a wildfire of of, like teasing. And it was like the girls who I then, you know, who took me in basically and let me sit with them at lunch and and kind of protected me and whatnot. And and so like a lot of the boys, it was kind of like I didn't have any male friends. There was like one boy who kind of eventually joined our little group in like seventh or eighth grade. And and he was great Um, and wasn't gay. Um, But I feel like the the most popular boy was probably in our, in my world was Michael Byer. And okay. I don't think he was, I don't remember him being 
one of my bigger antagonists. I think he was probably friends with some of them. Sure. But I feel like he, I don't remember, I don't have like, I don't have ill memories of him as I do of other people, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if your theory is incorrect about becoming a deadbeat in high school. With, I mean, in, in real life with him, like I don't, I don't, I don't want to disparage Michael Byer, but I don't believe he's as wildly successful as this little homosexual. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I know. But the it's tables have turned. Yeah. But I feel like that, that was, that became my middle, my quote unquote middle school experience was um, basically kind of like, being teased and kind of being seen as like the gay kid and then like kind of having the the girl experience like all of my yeah. social experiences and all of my like after school playdates and you know I had a, a similar video project as they do in the posh episode where mm-hmm. I was the only boy with a bunch of girls I mean there wasn't like the whole racism quality but uh that was yeah it just it's um in some ways it was like oh god I know exactly what it means to be a middle school girl. Yeah, I remember pool parties. I would go to my friend Kristen, Kristen and Courtney, they were twins, and I was invited over, and it was just like a harem of girls. And my mom, you know, as moms do, there's that meme that's coming, that's floating around right now that's like, my son can't be gay. He loves women. And then it says the women. And it's like, uh-huh. you know, the cast of Hocus Pocus or just like some or like Judy Garland and uh, Barbara Streisand and something like that. And my mom would just be, oh, Nick and his harem of women and just like laugh it off, you know. Oh, yeah. Deb. Yeah. Um, but I remember in eighth grade, I started I started getting chest hair in eighth grade. And I remember I freaked out about it because I was like it was just like in the top area like above the nipple and I was just like oh my god I have to like get rid of this and it was just like it wasn't like uh, abundant but it was like I I was embarrassed by it and I remember like I I would like shave it off but I would do like a poor job at it Mm -hmm. so there were it was like cutting the grass you would see like a clear line and I would miss spots and they would like come up to me in the pool and I'm like oh my god do you have like do you shave your chest and I'm like no I would just like laugh it off and like just stay underwater from like the neck down the entire time (laughs) just being like a seal (laughs) I know yeah (laughs) Oh my god, that's so funny. I I think I probably started growing chest hair around the same time. Mm-hmm. I knew by like freshman year, I definitely had chest hair, and it was it. I and I felt the same way. Whereas now, I'm like, I wouldn't. I love touch it. Yeah. it. Oh my yes. god, like I'll take more if there's any left. You know, like yes. I'm fine with it. Uh, more than fine with it. But you know, the other element was like knowing I was gay and kind of you know, starting to look at porn and kind of absorbing like gay media at that time, it was all about being smooth and muscled. And so like, whereas now like body hair is like, so, you know, considered so hot and sometimes preferred and like, you know, in terms of, of porn and gay media and whatnot, like uh, chest hair is so much more glorified at the time. It was the opposite. And so there was that element too of like, I mean, which, you know, I would I would love a kind of gay version of Pen15 in yeah. year 2000, you know, of like grappling with that, like grappling with like, oh, God, what do I do with this? With this? Th- it just It's just so funny to me to think of like chest hair as like a thing to hide, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 different. It's like you're not like everybody else. And that's like anything, any time that you're different from someone in middle school or high school, like that's, that's a problem or that's seen yeah. as a problem. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, you were saying something else that reminded me of like 80 different things. Oh, that's what I was going to say. There's one gay kid in Pen15. And yes. he's, he's pretty funny. He's the one who's like, he's in chorus. Um, and he's part of the drama group and stuff. But like part of me wishes and kind of hopes that like Anna dates a gay kid just because mm-hmm. every middle school girl did. And that's like where it would probably catapult me into like the stratosphere of like that experience is like, yeah. and if they got that right, I would be like, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, but I, I could see how they could, they could, they don't have to do that at the same time too. Like I want it just for like the experience of watching it and seeing something that I really, really went through, but also uh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm yeah. fine with that token gay kid just being around. I want to know his name. I want to know more about him because I feel like he's, He's good people. Yeah, I I think it it would be interesting to see them just like navigating a a a gay person or a gay friend or you know or someone who we know is gay but they don't. Yes, because I, it is such a part of that experience. Like I yeah. I would love to go back and like talk to those girls I was friends with and be like, okay, but you all kind of knew. Like we I denied it, but like and nobody none of you really questioned it or challenged me. But like you must have all on your own had a sense that I was gay or like, what was the thought? Like, what is the reaction to, you know, cause that is kind of, I think I, I probably was a bit of that kid in, in school where, you know, you only really see him hanging out with other girls. Yeah. And, um, and he has, I mean, really one of the best nuances in the whole series during that racism episode when he kind of fumbles the line. Oh God, I love that. And I, they probably just like it was definitely a fumble and they kept it like they could have said like cut let's start over but he just goes like blah, 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 and starts over again. It was genius. It was just yeah. like oh that's so fucking smart. Um but I you know I, at the same time I obviously like I appreciate that he has friends and like you know is yes. part of something. He has a tribe. Yeah. Now how old were you when you knew you were gay? Uh, that's a really good question and something that I've been asked a lot but I would say middle school because like I was obsessed with Justin Moose but like there wasn't I don't know it was still foggy it wasn't like Mm. and part of me like really wanted to deny a lot of it so I was just like in my own little sort of (sighs) twisted way I was like well maybe things will change I was just kind Mm -hmm. of like holding out to say like I don't really like girls that way yet, but I feel like it's coming because my, this is like, I think I've, I don't know if I said this on this podcast before, but like when we were younger, my brother and I, um, and like a whole bunch of friends, that's like the classic, like, uh, Brandon found a porno or like magazine and let's go look at it. And like, which is weird in a way, but also like we all went to his basement and looked at it. And everyone was like, Ooh, yeah. And like really into it. And I was like, I don't, think that I like this so I remember that Mm -hmm. and I feel like I said it out loud I was because I was like not showing as much interest in my brother (laughs) my brother was like don't worry he's like you'll like it when you're older and I was like all right and then it just like and I think that was sort of my thesis for like waiting for something else to happen and it never did but I, I I remember in middle school like people started to suspect like the drama club crew like all the girls and mm-hmm. i dated girls the same girl that um uh told me that justin moose had glasses i dated her but she also had a very sort of like pushy sidekick friend named kim who was mm-hmm. also my friend but she was like you should date jen oh my god you're dating and like it was that sort of like 
Maya to Anna when Anna was like dating Brendan, which I have to talk. Right. About. We have to talk about Brendan too. Yes. Um, but it was that thing. It was just I was just like, okay, I guess that's fine. You're just kind of forced into these relationships just to have a relate. It's not even a relationship. It's just like a, a courtship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And. You're like, what do I do? And they're like, and you go to the dance together and you do all these other things, but it's not really anything significant. And I would just like break up with them like three months later or something. Right, you know? right. Oh, and they would cry in now. the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I know that routine. Yeah, you could do that for a while. Um, three months, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I didn't date anyone I had like one girlfriend in high school, in land high school, and I liked her. Like she was the only one, and I knew. I was very, very aware that I was gay at that point. And it was the only time I ever kind of wished I wasn't because I was like, oh, I really do like her, but I just can't <clears throat> like it. You know, it's just not, a, you know, we're not, it, it, the feelings are just not there. Like the deeper interest yeah. isn't there and I can't change that. Um, Cause I, I feel like I knew it was like a light switch when I was 12 and I was like, Oh, Oh yeah, no, I think I, I am gay. Yeah. And then it was just a matter of, affirming that or like trying to find things that like helped me understand it more. And at the time, like obviously there was none of what we have now. All there was, was porn. So like I started looking at internet porn when I was like 12 and I remember you saying that on All Right, Mary. I was fascinated by that. Yeah. Not fascinated, but just like, wow, like, how did he do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. where did you find it? On the in- You said internet for it. Internet. So- I just started searching. I used search words. I think I think the first word I probably searched was penis. And then <laughs> it was like, well, let's get a little more specific. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, and for better or for worse, right? I mean, bef- anytime before that, like we had these neighbors who lived behind us and their dad had like porno magazines in his like work room in the basement. I remember sure. looking at them and I remember he had like, I think he had like penthouse magazines and those I think had some like male nudity in it as well. And so I remember like the treasure trove of that. And also uh, I used to watch a lot of horror movies when I was a kid and yeah. You know, some movies had, you know, at the very least you could see some butts, but every once in a while there was like full frontal nudity, nudity as well. Yeah. And so it became the hunt for that as well of like, where was the movie where you could like see a guy's dick? Sure. And like, I could, I could give a top 10 list. I'd be like, well, there's the stepfather and there's, <laughs> it's like, I, I know the movies. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, it was um, that kind of, inf- I think that, cemented it for me because i i kind of got to see the like i got to kind of test like oh yeah no i'm gay because i'm deeply responding to this you know yeah oh i i I love i'm like i love that journey for you i think that for me once i figured it out i just kind of sat with it i didn't know what it was sort of like okay i think this is definitely who i am but what what next Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't have like it's like, I don't want to say I didn't have the knowledge to go ahead and like, but I, I, I've never seen other gay, even in middle school, like there probably had to be one other, there obviously had to be one other gay kid, but I just like don't remember it because our school was big and you're just kind of on your own sort of course. But I mean, I guess it was around middle school. And plus like we had AOL, which had a lot of parental controls. Like Ugh, it wasn't, same. it wasn't easily accessed. And like, I would log, I was like so careless. I would log into my parents' account and mm-hmm. do it. And I was, I don't even know why I thought I could like get away with that. But 
no one said anything to me as well. To that's like still to this day, I I I'm mar I marvel at the fact that my parents had no idea because I think I was dropping Easter eggs like since I was in eighth grade or seventh grade. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. You believe what you want to believe. Um, lucky, but yeah, you. I just kind of yeah, I got caught. You're so lucky. I got, I got caught <laughs> more than once. I had the do you think you're gay conversation at twelve and at fifteen. Whoa, I didn't yeah. have mine until college, um, which was at a Perkins and I was not about to come out to my family at a not Perkins. Not at a Perkins. Yeah. I know. It was, uh, I was like, uh, no. Yeah. Um, was, excuse me. I am not I, gay. It's like, Anna, like the amount of times that Anna and Maya say, oh my God. Like uh, that was almost my first opening line as after my name, because like, oh my gosh, it's like, they say it so many times and there's so much nuance to each of them. They say, Mm -hmm. oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God, oh my God, it's so true, yeah. Oh, and I love, I love especially when like the thong episode when they're like denying stealing the thong and they're like, oh my God, oh, I I can't believe you're a kid. What? Yeah, yeah. It's so, and like I I, I think back to like those times of like, you weren't fooling anybody, you know? And like- you know, and I think my parents probably just accepted my like excuses because they're like, okay, you're they weren't ready. I wasn't ready to kind of. I mean, I came out to them in like college, and and they were like, well, yeah, we we know. And I was like, no, I know, I know, you know. I just want you to know that I know that you know, mm-hmm. and now we're good. Um, but I think the other element, you know, in terms of seeing other gay people, was that you know, growing up in New Jersey, like my my dad brought us into the city, you know kind of frequently and so i remember going to greenwich village and i remember like i remember i don't remember what restaurant we were at but i i have like this flashbulb memory of seeing the duplex across the street which is just like the gayest place in the world (laughs) and and like having and it, it was just this the xanadu it was like oh that's where it all is and i just you know i know that like i remember thinking like I just have to grow up and get to New York City and go to Greenwich Village and like that's where it you know that that's where the you know the yellow brick road like is Mecca yeah yeah totally exactly. yes you know pilgrimage um and I remember like when when Gianni Versace got killed and 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 knowing that he was gay and like feeling sad about that and feeling like oh there's there's some you know there's some like fashion and and all of that that just felt all kind of like gay cultural to culturally culturally to me that <laughs> I wanted to be a part of, yeah. But I wasn't, and it was so it was like I, I may have not been correct about what you know. I love the expression of like that's gay culture because at the time yeah. I had like these definitions of what gay culture was that I wanted to be a part of, but I just like wasn't old enough for you know. Yeah. Well, speaking of gay culture, I think we need to talk about, in that same episode of Community Service, we need to talk about Deb and Deb's hats. Okay. I mean, now, this this <laughs> podcast is called Best Supporting Podcast. We do tend to focus on best supporting actresses. And yes. I think if we needed to pluck some BSAs from Pen15, Heather's mother, Deb, is so high on the list of BSAs of the series oh, for me. Gosh, her name is Laura Keitlinger. Um, yeah, I looked her up, as, and she—I knew I knew her from somewhere else. She kind of has this like Gina Davis vibe. Right, Keon was saying, and I was like, yeah, it's like Gina Davis had a baby with like some other 
like woman. she's a little bit of like Sandra Bernhard. She's a little yeah, yeah. Yes. she's Laura Kreitlinger has been around forever as like a stand up. Like she, yes. I I remember her from like Comedy Central in the nineties. You know, yeah, she has a couple, a handful of Comedy Central specials. She also played Nurse Sheila in Will and Grace, and that was where I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, she was just like always that deadpan sort of nurse that came in, and I I feel like she had a lot of interactions with Jack, but I'm not really sure. Like I remember her character though. Mm-hmm. And she has this quote. I don't, I'm sure it's part of her stand-up too, that I found on IMDb. She's like, I want to be so famous that drag queens will dress up like me in parades when I'm dead. Oh Which is my just God. like the perfect lie. And I love that. Right. Well, you know what? It's funny. When that, when I think of like drag queens who kind of remind me of Laura Keitlinger, I think of like Scarlet Envy from season Yes. 11, yes. Right? Honestly. Yeah. Like, like I could see that. Yeah. Um, that episode is so good and like mm-hmm. it's like one of my favorites and yes, i same and same very much because deb is such a finely drawn character like yes. I, I like the popular that was the popular girl's mom you know yes. it's exactly who she was just uh. enough of like a healthy dose of narcissism but she's trying to be like She's trying to come down to these kids' level, but doesn't really know how to be a parent and is easily annoyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my favorite. This is also my opening line of, I don't have time for this shit. I have to take care of the elderly. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the fact that her, like, what is it? Uh, Her, she disguises it as, she's, like, when she's introducing the the fashion show, she's, like, shout out to my... My, my book club slash wine club. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I love that they're there. That oh, makes yeah. it ten times better. And the hats are disgusting. And, like... <laughs> they're awful. They're, and the, but she has that, like, binder. It's, like, Deb's something. Deb's, Deb's fabulous hats. Deb's... It's with a D. It's, Deb's like... Deb's designs or something. Deb's, Deb's delightful... Oh, man. Um, I can't remember. I should have wrote it down. Yeah. But yeah. as soon as she holds it up in front of everyone, Tara Newback, she says, Holy shit. <laughs> Tara. That girl. <laughs> that girl is so fucking funny. Oh, oh my god. Well, and and again, we'll get to the kids because the the other kids are and I do not like child actors and this show yeah is rich with great child <clears throat> they actors. They found some really great some yeah. great kids. Yeah. Um but yeah, Deb, I mean, I feel like she uh I like I love when she's, you know, like looking at their pictures and, you know, like the other girls get the glamour shots and she puts them up on the wall and she was like and she's just I think what I what I think is so funny about it is that she's she's talking to them as if she's Tyra Banks on America's Next Top Model. Yes. There's no like kid gloves, so to speak. Like there's no she's just kind of reading them. She's like saying to Anna, like, okay, well, if you want that windblown look, you kind of need to not have the fan in the shot, you know? Thank you for that note. Thank you. Thank you for that note. (laughs) Thank you for that feedback or something. Yeah, I think it's like, thank you for the note. And I love that, like, Maya then gets feedback and just says, thank you for the note. Like, she just picks that up from Anna. Yes. Oh, I love that. Uh, And and then Tara was like, I found that dress in the river. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, it's, it's so good. She's like, well, you look like a, what was it? Oh, God. Like, she, like, reads her. She looks, you, you look like someone from the 1800s. But, you know, at least it's on glossy paper. Right, right. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it is, and, like, <clears throat> just the whole setup of that fashion show and the fact that there's, like, almost no one there and they're mostly people who were in the room anyway. And there's, like, shitty decorations on the wall. And yes. there's, like, a, a lame it's snack table perfect. or the cheese plate. It's 
like it's that kind of thing that people like that they have this grandiose idea of what they're doing and what that fashion show will be and they're picturing fashion week and then it's just this this low lit you know, uh, sad little, you know, rec room in a nursing home. And there's always, you know, somebody coughing in the background, you know? Like, yes, yes. Like that. It's, it's too, I, I'm even like the signing up for that when like they're, when they announce that the third thing is the fashion show and Anna and Maya look at each other, the bell rings, Anna runs up, Maya like falls onto her book bag right. and there's pencils everywhere. She's like, go, go. And then Anna signs up and she goes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, Maya, we're gonna be supermodels, and then the theme song starts. It's so, yeah. it's <sighs> so good. You know, I have to say that those moments, that like the editing, where like a scene will end on that, it's very Shit's Creek. That kind of editing. Yes. They, yes. There's something very similar in the Posh episode when Anna and Maya are like preparing the house for the girls to come over, and then oh. the doorbell rings, and Maya, and they're like trying to like get cool, and then Maya opens the door, and she's like. Hey, and then it cuts the opening credits. It's just a perfect cut. The Chanel bag the Chanel on the bag. wall. The Chanel bag on the wall. The the snack size Cheetos and oh. Gushers. I mean, just that whole moment, though that that anxious two minutes of them preparing for everyone to come over and like psyching themselves up and you know, hiding the, you know, the the shrine to Ochi-chan. Yes. And it's just like I it's so funny because I just feel like, and they talked about this, The there's a build interview on YouTube, uh, and they talk about this where so many of these anxieties, like we still carry into adulthood. And so sure. many of these experiences are really like the, 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 not the birthplace, but kind of like the, I don't know, like the, be, the beginnings over the early years of something that we're still working through as adults, because like, yeah. When I have people over, I'm doing the same shit in a different way, you know. Like yeah. I'm, I'm making sure everything looks good, and I, and I, and I'm looking in the bedroom to make sure I've put anything away that's out that I don't want people to see, or you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, you know, things I picked up from my mother of making sure that, like, oh, is there any dust on the table? What will people think? Yeah, um, making sure that, like, I've, I've arranged the snacks in a way that looks good, like rearranging the plate, you know, and then the, the jolt of anxiety when the doorbell rings and like. Okay. All right. Like, you know, preparing for somebody to come to the door and that you're going to put on a certain air as if, yes. oh, hi, welcome to my home. You know, when Anna takes too many Cheetos, I love that. Oh and my Maya's God. Like, Anna, Anna. And then she puts them back in. <laughs> and, she's like, and, then, and then Maya being like, well, Anna, no. And like just the, the almost nonverbal conversation that they're having over that is, yes. is just, I, I think Anna and Maya, actresses slash characters their chemistry and the way that they just there is so much nonverbal communication and so much of just like reading each other's energies and like just the way that they work together is so genius that i think it is surprising that they'd only met like the actress slash writers had only met in college because they feel like people who've known each other their entire lives like i i think that's one of the things i love the most about this show is that i am I am so deeply convinced that they are a long time, long life, lifelong best friends and 13. Like, Oh yes. I, cause yeah, it's, it seems like they would have gone through this together. Like they went to the same middle yeah. school, but they, they did not. And I think that like, for me, it's not so easy to pass up. I, I knew it like immediately, like how, 
how easy they're making this look mm-hmm. like from just like the physicality of like a middle schooler and what like Anna's arm across oh, across the waist. Her, yes. Like, yes. It's perfect. And, um, and Jamie uh, going back to Jamie, <laughs> cause she's my pen 15 reference. Yeah. Like she's a tall girl and she hated being tall. She's like, and I, she's like, I recognize like the hand across the waist, the kind of hunching over. You're just kind of, trying to be smaller even though mm-hmm. you can't be smaller and it's just this like posture it's terrible posture you could see like anna's like hump starting to form because she's right. just like always sort of lower than or trying to be lower than she actually is yeah they, so in the build interview they talked about that where like you know i think an element of this is that when you're that age you you don't want to do anything too loudly or too big because of the risk of being wrong or making a fool of yourself. And so like there is that trying to stay quiet or like they talk about how the cool kids had such like a limited response to things where they would just say like, Oh sweet. Oh, that's, you know, that's chill, whatever. And it was the matter of like, if they only said a few words, then the risk of saying the wrong thing was smaller, you know? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) We were talking, speaking of the boys too, like the popular boys, especially Alex, they're so dull. They're so like, there's nothing cool about them besides the fact that they're like, they have great hair, you know? (laughs) And like, but I I think that like specifically Brant, the character of Brant, like that kid went to my middle school. Like he was, it was almost scary how much he looks like, you know, seven of the kids that I went to middle school with too. And like, how they're just like dull, but when they're together, they're like obnoxious and they're bullies. But when they're separate, like they're a little bit more reserved. Like the the episode where um, Anna, it's in Solo, where yeah. Anna's like in class with a microscope and she's trying to read Brendan's note, and she's partnered up with Alex randomly, and she doesn't know it's coming, mm-hmm. and she just like, ah, oh, just like the ticks that she has, and she's like. And he, she asks him why he broke up with his girlfriend. She's like, and he's like, I don't know. She was just always around. And she was like, if I was your girlfriend, I would never be around. I would be the furthest from, unless you wanted me around, then I would be there. And right. I would be on time. <laughs> and I would be on <laughs> time. I would be on time. <laughs> oh, I just love her so much. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think with the with the popular kids, with like Heather or Brant, like we, we also get these glimpses that these are kind of tragic figures because like Heather's parents are divorced. Her mother is like kind of overbearing and, and, you know, a little inappropriate letting her wear a thong and, and, you know, just like telling her like, Oh, Heather, don't speak over me, you know, while I'm talking, we find out that Brand's father died, you know, in the first episode, I think. And, and so it's like there, I think that's so interesting that we get, I think there's so much about these kids' parents, whether it be Anna and Maya or some of these other, you know, supporting characters, what we see or know of their parents, I think, tells us so much. Like, I think, for example, the character of Sam, I think Sam is a really good kid. I think, like, yes. he's a really good kid. He's a nice guy, I think, deep down. And I think it's no surprise his parents are really nice people yes. and and are very kind of present and and aware and like you know they they entertain anna's conversation when she comes over but there's also like why don't you go why don't you go check on sam and jafir upstairs you little know rascals yeah oh my god which is i'm gonna go check on those little rascals i <laughs> uh i die i like it's i just i think that that is such an interesting nuance and 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 again with anna and maya's parents you know i think 
we talked a bit about Anna and like being the child of these separating parents. Yeah, let's talk about her her crazy mother. I have tried to figure her out every time I watch this series and yeah. I just either she's like the most brilliant actress alive or she's like a total nutcase. I cannot figure like I don't know what she's going for. She's like this hippy dippy crystal mom and uh-huh. like some of her choices are so interesting but so out there. But I was like maybe that's intentional. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know what's funny? She she kind of reminds me of like the way that she's kind of she plays herself. It it's like she's she's kind of like a strung out Leslie Ann Warren. Yeah, yeah kind it's of. like it's like yes. if you took like Leslie Ann Warren and you put like a scoop of Eileen Brennan in there, <laughs> and like you definitely had like a liberal shake of Alice Ripley. Then you yes. get I think the actress's name is Melora Walters, and I. Yes. Can't remember where I I know her name and I've seen her in other things. I'm I looked her up and I couldn't find anything of note, but it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me if there's something that like I missed. Yeah, I it's just one of those names where I'm like, oh, I know that name because Melora like, Hardin isn't that Jan Levinson? That's Gould? Jan Levinson. <laughs> uh, used to be Gould. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> Melora Walters. I yeah. I don't think I've seen. I mean, she's I like the has, name Melora. Yeah, I do too. It's so she interesting. Has a, a pretty extensive career, but yeah, I don't think I've ever seen her in. She was in the show Big Love, which I didn't watch. Okay. Um, she was in Cold Mountain, which if we ever wanted to do a BSI episode of Renee Gold, uh, Renee, oh, Renee Goldsberry, <laughs> Renee Zellweger. <laughs> I'd rather do Renee Elise yeah. Goldsberry. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Round um, two. Um, but there, like, the one choice that I always like. I'm trying to figure her out as an actress is when she talks when, and during solo when they're having dinner and Anna's like, yeah, I got a solo and um, band and I'm going to audition for something in choir too, which I have to talk about the audition of yeah. Anna's audition. Oh God. Yeah. <clears throat> and she was like, Ooh, that'd be so great. We'll go to the concert and then we'll get some ice cream. Ooh, we'll get an ice cream cake. And then she yeah. just like stops. And I'm like, what, what's happening here? I can't, I it I don't think it's it's not bad enough to be bad, but it's not good enough to be good, and it's just like such interesting. And maybe I'm crazy. Do you do you do you well, feel I, that as well, or is it just like just go with it, Nick? Because I have, yeah. But I'm just like curious of your thoughts. My read of it is that like if I look at the larger picture of like these are people like she and her husband are like uh, are going through kind of like you know uh, the breaking up of their marriage. I yeah. feel like. We've we see her with a wine glass a few times. I think sure. that her mother is okay. Yeah, regularly wine drunk. I think there there is also that hippy dippy crystal mama kind of quality that that this fits perfectly. Like that is that kind of woman. Sure. Um, it's almost like I could imagine that. Uh, I think her, the character's name is Kathy. I think that she was probably. She probably does have more of a hippy dippy past, but now she's a suburban mom. But she still has like the crystals. And, you know, when it's convenient, she kind of, like, leans into that. Like, when she's yeah. in crisis, she leans into her spiritual practice, so to sure, speak. Sure, yeah. Um, but that's, like, that moment when she was kind of, like, loopy-doop at the table of, like, and then we'll get an ice cream cake. I read that as, like, oh, she's a little drunk. God. Um, so that, yeah, that makes sense to me. I never know why I didn't put that together. Mm. Okay. Because I think that's, you know, the distinction <clears throat> that those dinner table scenes are so interesting because... I think when she's sober is like when they're having Chinese food and she's getting yes. pissed off because it's from walk and roll. Um, yes, walk and roll. So I think as like it goes on then it's like, oh, mom's starting to drink more to kind of like deal with the evenings, you know? Yes, that makes sense. Um, 
I want to talk about Curtis, Curtis Cohn. Yeah. Um, I think he's such a cool dad. Like, he seems like he's not without flaw, of course, because mm-hmm. he's trying to, like, one of my favorite nuances of his, too, and I don't know if you caught this, um, is when during the AIM episode, mm-hmm. when they're logging on to create their new screen names, there is a screen name called Cocky Guy something, 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 like number, number, and it's Anna's dad. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, it's, I think it's Cocky Guy something like that, and then like a number too. So, and he's, and, and it's interesting because you see him on the computer during the the Miranda episode. And it's not like they caught him talking mm-hmm. to people or something like that, but I'm just I find that interesting. It was like such a brief little thing. Yeah. Um so like, I wonder what that story is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's been in the hot people of Franklin County chat. Yes. Room. Oh yeah. my God. Oh, I mean <laughs> boy, did they capture the chat room experiences. Oh, yeah. they did. The sound yeah. We'll get to that in just a second. But yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I think Curtis is um I love, like, he just tries his best and, like, his only really form of, like, his love language is just giving Anna $7 every once in a while, you know? But, like, he is supportive in a way of, like, he is the sort of liaison because I feel like he gives a little bit more physical love to Anna, like, the hug after the concert and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and really kind of... um, He's kind of... I feel that she feels more comfortable talking to him than her mother at least that's what they're yeah. showing us, I guess. So, like, there's part of me that's, like, on Curtis's side, but I know that he's not without fault either and whatever sort of... Because you never really know why they divorce besides the fact that they're just, like, bickering a lot and just not getting along. Mm-hmm. Um, I think So, that, yeah, what's your take? I think that Anna kind of takes after Curtis more than her mother. And I think the casting is brilliant because there's, like... I think it's in the last episode where we see them in the car together and that's when I really realized oh my god this is genius like there's a similar like facial features there's a similar way like there's something about that relationship where I feel like as Anna you know in kind of the imaginary world of Pen15 as Anna gets older her relationship with her father strengthens yeah you know and I I think I think even you know there's that scene when uh Anna's mother is like lighting the, the candle and her father like, oh, yeah. leaps back. And then that ends that great gif of like that yeah. I found somewhere and I just will use any time possible because it's just so genius of, of Anna mocking her father. But I think yes. at that age, that kind of joking to me is not her at at odds with her dad, but it is kind of feeling comfortable with him, like comfortable yes. teasing him, you know, whereas I think with her mom, she's just always frustrated. You know, like, yeah, embarrassed. Mom, why are you here? Why are you yeah. wearing that shirt? Oh, my God. Right. I told you not to get out of the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I And I, I think that that probably also informs why Anna is more mature is because her mother is more immature. And yeah. so she kind of like she she takes on that responsibility. And I think I mean, in the last episode when she's talking to her dad and she's basically parroting a lot of what her mother said to her about the divorce. Yes. Which is accurate. I mean, yeah. I love my mom. I'm a, I'm team my mom till you know till the end of my life. But like, I was doing the same things. My mom was very sure. open with me about things, and I was definitely like just saying those things. Yeah. And I mean, my dad was no Curtis, and so it was very different. But um, I just I think that that's I don't know. It's it's just it's so it's so fascinating to see kind of again, in a very subtle way, like how Anna is the product of them in these like 
quirky ways and you know and that we we see it manifest with her with other people's parents like certainly Maya's parents you know like it's it's very very accurate I just like can't get over how smart that nuance is of Anna as the child of divorce even when they say that conversation is like it's so it's done so well where they walk up the stairs and like they're just like hey and it's right after Ugh, is that Anna Ishi Peters? That That's episode? Anna Ishi Peters. Yeah, yeah, it's just like there's so much on Anna's shoulders about like that experience at Maya's house, and like I just love the way that that whole experience ends with the hair brushing, and like Anna has the last Oreo, and Maya freaks out, and then mm-hmm. the doorbell rings. Like that is perfect, just like tension, and like that yes. nothing gets resolved, and Maya like chokes out like I'm sorry before she leaves. Yeah, but yeah. it's too late, and then she has to go home. And I love that they're coming back from the couples retreat, and they said she said how was it, and they say fine, and then they said how was Maya's, and they I just ah, yeah. it's so good. And then they come back and they tell her this, and like she just says like it's fine, it okay, like she has mm-hmm. to because she feels like she has to be okay with it immediately like because yeah. you can't it's like the emotional toll of that is is too much it's like you don't want to like be you don't want to show those emotions and, and i've not gone through this so i mm-hmm. don't know it's like um you know children of divorce that are just like kind of sometimes you're older sometimes you're younger but that's it's just like it's so much and i just want to hug her i know it's it's way too big to process and i think yeah. that that knee-jerk reaction of like no it's fine is just like it's fine because i don't have the capacity to make it not fine right now yeah and i i mean anna i mean that the acting of her like turning away and starting oh my god i'm getting choked up uh like turning away and starting to cry was just like it's so beautiful it's so like i i feel like the build-up of that of of like seeing Anna like this the whole series and then seeing her have to navigate that and like seeing her not seeing her say like nod understand like in an understanding way but then like turn away and start to cry like it just um it what it, a choice what a choice, what a choice. Yeah. like what a fucking choice and i think even then the way the scene is played where her father then comes down and hugs her but her mother kind of is just behind her like with her hands on her shoulders like the 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 decision there and kind of the emblematic decision there of like her father embracing her, but her mother just kind of patting her on the back is so like, Oh my God. I mean that, that moment I I just like, it it wasn't the same as my, like my experience, my parents like sat us down on the couch. I was nine. My brother was like 11 or 12. And like, I remember sitting between my parents on the couch and them telling us and, and that same feeling of like it being too big to process but then we like then we went to Pizza Hut afterwards and i remember like i feel like my i know i was but i feel like my brother too like we were always you know grew up like behaving well in restaurants and i feel like we were like misbehaving and mm. it was like it kind of reminds me of like the way that maya acts with her parents like when her dad comes home or when <sighs> anna is over where like all of a sudden you're just acting like there's no rules like there's this mm-hmm. there's this like weird um chaotic reaction that is like i think it's unconscious it's not a decision it's just like your your nervous system is just reacting to a situation you know yeah i i think it's fascinating how um we were talking before about like there are different like trajectories i guess but like 
how Maya goes through all these touchstone, like teenage, like physical moments, like the period and masturbation. Those are the two that come to mind too. But Anna goes through all of these like emotional journeys. Like she doesn't have like, yeah, she might, she has her first kiss. That's the one thing that like Maya doesn't have, like as far as like some Anna has a little bit of the physical stuff, but like the emotional journey that Anna goes on is like far I don't want to say far more tumultuous I guess but like that specifically as far as like her parents divorcing and um among the other things too because Anna I mean also but Maya it makes so much sense that she does get her period because like her mood and like everything that happens Mm -hmm. that week like she can't stop crying and she's so defensive and she just like can't control herself too it's like and I mean, God bless that janitor. I tried to look her up on IMDb and I couldn't find her name. Oh, I, so and I literally typed in like who plays the janitor in Pen Fifteen, and I could not find her name. But she's great. I love that she doesn't rat them out with a cigarette, and I love that she gives Maya her first tampon. Yeah. So the character's name is Jan, and Jan. they actually talk about her in that. Um, oh, in the build interview. In the build interview, because the interviewer brings her up and says, "Like, I just have to mention, I love." the janitor of Jan like she's at such a small role but she's so great and they were like yeah we loved her we wanted to do so much more with that character because she was just so fabulous um she was I guess they what they brought up she's been in a bunch of things um she also you know again you know someone who I don't know much about but has a great career but apparently was on do you remember that show on the WB popular mm, no oh it was like I remember I remember watching it because I feel like it was I feel like it was a little subversive. Like I feel like there was like a weird like it it got a little surreal in points. And apparently this sure. woman, uh the actress's name is Diane Delano. Apparently okay. she was on that and she would play like multiple characters. Oh fun. Um, yeah, so oh yeah, she was on uh oh yeah, so popular. Wow, she was on thirty six episodes. That's a show okay. I should go back and rediscover. Um but yeah, no, I love Jan and I agree. I love that she doesn't wrath him out for the cigarette and she, it, I mean, again, it's like it, if we were to do a BSAs of Pen15. Oh 15, yeah, she's on the list. Jan's high on the list. Yeah. Yes. Um, she gives Anna the sandwich during the, the sandwich. Strike. Yeah. It's some kind of meat. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I love how she just simply says her reaction to Anna saying like, I'm going on a hunger strike till racism is over. And she's like, well, why don't you take this sandwich? Because uh, that second part, that's going to take a bit. Or yeah. take a minute or something like that. It's She's yeah. not like devalidating like her, you know, her stance. But right. she's just like, in the meantime, you might want to, you know, have this uh, ham and cheese sandwich. Right. I love right. it. I love there isn't it. like a shaming. It's like an understanding of like, I know where you are on this journey. Yeah. And there's nothing I can say or do to move you further along. And I really shouldn't. Like that is the other side of this is like, what's what what's kind of beautiful and what sucks about being this age is that no one can tell you you're wrong or no one can tell you it's not like this and you have to just discover it on your own but that's the point that's how you get to be older and knowing better and getting over this stuff is because you went through that time and you you learned personally that like okay this isn't real. Like this isn't, you know, that thing that I worried about or that thing that I thought was important wasn't. And like, there's no one who could tell you that then. And I think that it's, it's just the, you know, the, the bittersweet quality of being that age is like, this is kind of the, this is kind of the work you're here to do, you know? Yeah. 
Ugh, I just love Jan. I love that her name is Jan because it's almost an abbreviation for janitor. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. did they make up that name or did right. they? Uh, but I love that she exists in this world. I love her a lot. Yeah. Um, speaking of parents, I want to talk about Maya's parents. Yes. Because of oh. course, her mother is played by her real life mother, Mutsuko yes. Erskine, uh, who is fabulous, who would also be on my BSA list. I think... I think the the benefit of her not being like a traditionally trained actress is that there is like it, I'm like that is ex- that that is so it's just that's so real and so like accurate of what a mom is like and I think one of my favorite moments is I mean there's so many but like when uh, Maya's mother and Anna are cutting up the tomato. And then Maya comes in and she starts like destroying one, and her mother's like, "No, that's not." that's not any good no i'm sorry like yeah we can't use that we can't use that and it's and i i think there's something just so beautiful about maya you know maya erskine and her mother in some of like the you know the scene like the anna ishi peters episode like in in that bedroom scene where she's like you know like you said i'm not your little girl and you know i'm not a little girl anymore and yeah and just like i kept thinking of like the filming of that and like these two women who have probably navigated similar emotional landscapes in real life mm-hmm. now playing them out in the show. And I thought, God, that's just like, that's what I want to know more about is like, what was it like to film these emotional scenes where you're like crying with your mom, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, she's perfect. I, I think that like, I'm thinking to um, that Aziz Ansari show, Masters of None, or Master of None, is that what it was called? Yeah, Master of um, None, yeah. And how he cast his real-life parents as well, but they were terrible actors. But oh, that wow. was kind of, like, the joy of it is, like, they weren't great, and, like, the mom did not want to be there, but the dad was really into it, but he was just, like, smiling the whole time. It was cute. Like, it was... I, I only watched, like, half of the first season. Um, but... I think she's uh, Matsuko Matsuko Erskine is what her, mm-hmm. yeah. I think she's like a really naturally gifted little actress. Um, yeah, and yeah. I didn't mean to say little. I hate when people say little. <laughs> um, but uh, I think she does really well with all of it. There's there's an ease to her being on camera that like she doesn't look uncomfortable. She just kind of like it's almost like she lives in that house and they're just kind of like filming her do her thing yeah. as well too. Like there, it's really natural and really effective as a result of that too. And like believing that she's a mom, but also like being like, uh, you know, strict with Maya and like saying like, uh, I love how Maya like says in that one episode, it's on, it's on the aim episode where she's like, I have to do a project and I have to be on the internet and it's due tomorrow. And she's like, well then do it. She's like, right. it's just like that sort of, <laughs> I just love it. Um, yeah, I think she's fabulous. I do too. I I think she she good this time around. I was like, oh, she's such a BSA. She's just so good. Yeah. Um, and then her father is played by Richard Carn. Is that am I getting? His yeah, name Richard Carn. Right? Richard Carn, uh, who as we yes. all know is um, uh, Al. Al from Home Improvement. I know what a great unexpected casting. I yeah. love that he's on this show. He was fabulous. He yes. was so good. I I love his energy. I love he just he he seems like this like warm teddy bear of a guy. Yes, I love that he's in a Steely Band Dan cover band. Um, yeah, not all of us can be in a professional Steely Band cover band, <laughs> and they never will if they don't practice. I that okay. So I'm gonna bury the lead here. My favorite episode is Solo. 
hands okay, yeah. down. Okay. Um, and it wasn't before. It used to be Miranda, but like there's so like that scene with um her dad and her like on the hamper playing uh-huh. the timpani. Like I loved. That. I never really fully went through that with my parents because my parents are musical in any way too. But like making me like practice my clarinet or something and just like kind of forcing me to do like uh, even in another situation that didn't involve music like everything that Maya is doing is so perfect mm-hmm. she's like okay yeah but don't like say it like that and right like I didn't say it like anything and she's like dad right it's like so tell me what funny. to say but don't tell me what to say <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very <exactly>. much that <laughs> yeah yeah I that was so good like just like that that conflict um and i like that you know her father reacts in like such a he doesn't he doesn't not get upset about it but he doesn't fully respond to it he's like okay fine you're gonna be like that i'm gonna fine you want me to go i'll go like it's so many of those conflicts are like that where like it's just the parent deciding to not die on that hill you know um yeah 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 yeah. pick your battles yeah uh, and I just I think that the nuance of him being away and then when he comes back, the way that Maya, you know, she's like, look at this dance that I made up and like just suddenly gets so <laughs> hyperactive. I just like I could feel that. I just knew that feeling. And it was like I was almost embarrassed that they like captured that, you know? Yeah. It seemed like we were watching something we weren't supposed to watch. And she like cuddles up next to him and like pokes yep. his belly. Yep. And yeah. uh, it's it's really I just love how comfortable they are with each other, too. And. I think I honestly think he's so great and just like a nice because uh, he's not int- introduced until that episode, which I feel is like episode five or six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it brings like a little bit of a different like family dynamic, but it doesn't like ch- radically change anything at the same time, too. It's just like a, right. a welcomed addition to the show. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like um, their dynamic is already established. It's not like he comes home and you know, everything changes. It's really just that, like, that that immature emotional response that Maya yeah. has that changes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, speaking of favorite episodes, I mean, mine is very certainly Anna Ishi Peters. I mean, oh, I, good, like, good, good. I, like, can't even think about it without getting choked up because it's just so, beyond even just the divorce part, which is so brilliant, but, I mean, that that narrative is so fucking smart. That idea of, like, having the two night sleepover and it just suddenly becoming too much. And, and that fear that like, you know, or like, you know, Anna, like helping do the dishes and then, you know, her mother kind of being grateful and Maya being like, why don't you're never happy. You never, never thank me when I do the dishes. And she's like, you never offer, you know? And, and, and I love how it, how it devolves. I think that, that montage of them going crazy to like the cranberry song. Oh my God. Is one of my top five moments. I yeah. love when they're wearing the t-shirt and, yep. and and her mom says, don't stretch that t-shirt. And it's like way too late. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. It's like shredded. And then they go in the Shuji's room and he's like, and they scream. Like it is magic. It yeah. is so perfect. And, and then captures they captures like, like the, the, like the hysteria of an afternoon play date. Yeah. Oh God. And the phone call at the beginning, they're like, Maya guess what and Mm -hmm. like just the the thrill of that and like how excited they are and like when they're like wearing the t-shirt and crossing their legs together like we are sisters yeah oh my god (laughs) it's so stupid stupid. and it's it just like i just think that episode is there's so much 
under the surface of that episode yes. that is said without even being without being said that I, I think is brilliant. I think actually that episode was nominated for an Emmy. It was, yes. Yeah. And I'm so glad. <clears throat> it's like in my mind, both of these women should be nominated for Emmys for acting. I want them to be in like the same slot. Like I want yes. them, I want them both to just win Emmys. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, one could not win without the other absolutely yeah i don't know how you could separate these two into like supporting or leading i don't know oh, yeah i don't know who would be it's like my if i was to split maybe maya's leading and anna's supporting but like i don't know it could go either way depending on yeah i mean and i think that with the what kind of informs that is what you were saying before you know maya has kind of the bigger life t- like changes throughout the season she you know, yeah. I think like the whole the Ugis thing and the and the oh, yes. the posh episode and um in the masturbation, like a lot of the bigger plot points happen to her, whereas Anna is kind of having this kind of quiet like shift yes. in her life happening at the same time. <clears throat> so like plot wise, it can feel like it's a little bit more about Maya, but I think those moments, I mean, it it's kind of like the Maya story topples over if Anna isn't there on the other half of it, you know? Yeah. And going back to Anna Ishi Peters too, it's like, it's like when you get along with someone so well and then you decide to go on vacation together and yes. then you realize you made a big mistake because, or cause there are friends that like I <clears throat> love, but would never go on vacation with. And there are also friends that I love, but would never like live with either too. Yes. It's like there, there has to be a specific, I don't know how to put that into words, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, Absolutely. It has to, it has to, Sometimes it just doesn't work. And I feel like it's almost like eating too much ice cream. You're like, whoa, I made, you know, this is too much. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's that goes back to that thing that they kind of talk about in that interview where it's like a lot of what these girls are experiencing, we still play out in, as adults. Mm-hmm. Like this, you know, Anna staying there too, you know, it, things getting a little too close for too long. It, when we're adults, it's like, yeah, living with someone. And it's like, oh, this is too much. Or being on vacation together and realizing on day three that like, you want to kill your best friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, I, I think that's so fascinating that we, these are not fresh experiences when we're adults. Like, these are just adult versions of things we experience as kids. And to have it heightened by the fact that Maya just got her period and she's probably going, she's going through that and then she's mm-hmm. also going through some like hormonal things and mm-hmm. like, but can't, isn't telling anyone. We don't see yeah. her telling her mom. We definitely don't see her telling Anna. She never tells Anna at all through the entire series too. So I, it's just perfect. It is a perfect episode. The reason why yeah. it's not my favorite is because I think it just gets too real. But like, I, I also, I love that about it too, at the same time too, if we're looking at just like the drama of it all and just like the, how poignant it is and, like the the divorce storyline and also uh, a period storyline, but still also having a really good, like a fair amount of humor in it. Yeah. Um, I, and I think like the, the choice to do a, a, an episode that gets heavier and gets a little darker and even like, I, I can't remember if it, which, there was an interview with the co-writer of that episode or if it was the build interview, but talking about how like that episode takes on almost this like horror movie quality of Anna you know, taking over Maya's life. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and there's that great moment where Maya's like, what's going on here? You know, yes. like this has to stop. And like, I, I just, I think the choice to go there and to vary the tone of the show with, and especially the placement of like the, the penultimate episode, like it just, it's so smart in the, in the, 
the narrative of the show to choose to get heavier at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it, it makes the last episode even more meaningful. And like, I remember like feeling like, Oh, like I, I, by the last episode, I felt how deeply important their friendship was and how much I needed them to have that moment where Maya, and it's such an interesting reflection of what happens in the, you know, the racism episode where Maya says like, I'm sorry, I'll never understand what this is like, you know? Yep. And, and Anna says the same thing to her. Like, I'm sorry, I'll never oh, understand yeah. what it's like. And that, and I think that that's huge Ugh. that they have so many shared experiences, but they can also recognize what is or they come they have to learn and recognize what is uniquely one or the others and what can your best friend say other than like i'm sorry that happened to you i could never understand that and something that sometimes that's all you need to hear you know yeah the emotional intelligence is like i never had that it's mm -hmm. it's interesting to see that because the the rest of the show they're like kind of all over the place as far as just kind of dealing with their emotions but i love um, that Anna is the one who always tries to mend everything. Not always, but like the one mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Miranda in the episode two where she comes back to Maya's house because they did, they left it unresolved. She's like, mm -hmm. I have some things to say. And then they talk. Oh, yeah. And she's like, she's like, you totally did everything without. And it's all a whisper fight. <laughs> and then and she's like, stop rolling your eyes at me. She's like, sorry, I can't help it. And then she rolls her eyes like right <laughs> after that. <laughs> Oh my god, the whisper fighting. I mean, the whisper fighting, and it's then oh so good, Anna. God, she just like breaks your heart when she's like, I just, I just feel like you're completely over me right now. And then she like looks up and like her tears are welling. She's like, I'm not over you. Like, and then they're yeah. like, and then she just like wipes a tear, and then they're back to normal. They're and then like you kind of see that, but like there are fights like that in middle school, and like this is actually and, and like that as far as like. I love that like Maya doesn't know that Anna's parents are divorced and she has to yeah. find out through, you know, what's her face or whatever. And then she gets mad at Anna and she's like, how could you be mad at me? This has nothing to do with you. Right. Um, right. Like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Like how, like, how are you making this about you? And, and I, yes. and that's like, I think that's part of this narrative is, is part of growing up is realizing it's not all about you, you know? Yeah. It's it's like, I feel like I've recently heard the expression like main character syndrome, where you yeah. just think the whole world is like your narrative. And I think when you're 13, that's never more is it true than then, you mm -hmm. know? And and these moments of, of realizing, oh, it, this isn't about me right now is, yeah. uh, it's huge. And, and, I, and I just, yeah, like I just love that friendship so much because they like, they have so much fun together, but when like times get tough, they like, I, I, you know, there's just something so healing about them hugging each other, you know? Yeah. You feel, I don't know. You're just right there with them and mm -hmm. you're rooting for them to get back to, to where they are because you know that they will. Um, yeah. There's a couple more things I want to say, and I know we're nearing the end too, and I could go on forever, but I just oh, want to talk too. about solo a little bit more because it is, mm -hmm. I just think like the band geek element of it all i love that they're in band i love that anna plays french horn i love that like um <laughs> i think that's my favorite anna outfit is that skirt with the pockets oh god um, that awful awful skirt it's so good though oh, i mean god. i remember them and like yeah once she know like uh she comes up maya comes up to anna and she's like alex broke up with heather 
<laughs> Anna's like, oh my god. And Maya's like, it's happening. She's like, it's all it's happening. happening. And then she plays this like burr, 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 burr. <laughs> and then she stands up and starts to do this like weird dance. Oh god. I remember the first time I saw that, I like screamed. I, I loved it. <laughs> and just like the ragtag bunch of like band geeks that are in there and like Sam plays the drums because of course he does. Of course does. he does. Of course yes. he does. And like best supporting actor, Gabe. Gabe, so, who's Gabe. like all another like queer kid in yes. the bunch. You know yes. what I mean? Like yes. subtly He's the one. queer. Yeah. Yep. I love that. I love that Gabe is like probably gay but like yes. hasn't figured like he's not onto it yet uh, and is just such a like a little weirdo oh my god gabe is so f- he's like um it's like kevin on the office that's what i think of gabe as. <laughs> yes he totally is yes. yeah alex nolan is single oh <laughs> it's so great um and then we also meet okay so there's so many things but like anna's audition for the solo is so good and it's actually her voice which i love and she's like happy birthday to you the way that she does (laughs) it's like i have to beat heather's ass during this solo and i'm gonna really milk this yeah well and i love that like that's such a nice element that anna's actually good like yes it'd be so easy to just make them both just like you know, talentless boobs, but like yes. Anna is like a genuinely talented singer and musician. Yes, yes, yes. And I love, I love the music teacher in that episode. She's mm-hmm. like, Anna, the two bar solo. You will sing the two bar solo. That's what she says. Which yes. that that solo is not two bars. P.S. Just like a music nerd okay, thing I... that I had to bring up. It's more of like a sixteen bar solo. Um, the beginning of Ave Maria there, but um, fine. And then Heather, you will be doing the sign language solo that accompanies it. And how Heather, like, I love that Anna's rising to the top Mm -hmm. in chorus because that's the only way that she can really be more popular than Heather. Totally. Like, this is is the small empire that she she dominates. Yeah, that vindication that we get. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love Anna's hair during the concert. Like, I just remember, like, it's such a specific, like, I'm getting ready. I mean, the two strands of Anna's oh. hair, like that is like a best supporting actress yes. in its own right. Just Anna's like best two supporting strands. tendrils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. The way she, she plays gets with nervous. Them. Yeah. Oh God. Oh. It is such a choice. And I remember every girl having them. Yep. Uh, and every girl watching that also knows that too. It's uh who, who I've talked to that has watched this. Um so and just oh God, like the actual solo like i was never i was not prepared for that and when i first mm-hmm. saw like this is maya playing her timpani solo and just deciding to go for it like i just wonder how many takes they tried like right oh it's it's, it's such a great crazy. moment i mean though and it's like the way that her arms like cross and she yeah. hits that thing behind her at one point like it's... and she gets like great like the light like turns up on her and she's like crossing <laughs> Oh my god. I I can't stop laughing. Every time I watch it, I I am dying. It yeah. is never not funny. And then to throw <laughs> up at up. the end. <laughs> it's just so fucking funny for her to then throw up. Like that I mean it's kind of like, you know, the barfing scene in the comeback. It's like, oh, a well-placed vomit joke will go miles. Yes. Yeah. Oh god, I died. Oh and my like, god. Um, I love it. after the end, Richard Karn comes backstage and he's like, 
are you okay? And she's like, did you like my solo? <laughs> and then he's like, I like it. I will never forget it. And then she's like, and then she says, so it wasn't perfect then. Is what she said. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> that there's still even after all of that like it just wasn't good enough for you i guess right okay. right yeah oh, god that, i love her i you know it's funny she has that moment there's this that similar moment uh in the anna she peters episode when uh anna's dad or maya's dad is talking to anna about like learning about scatting and then like anna starts <gasps> doing a scat which it kills me but then maya just jazzes out it's the angry scat, yeah. The angry scat. Oh my god! It's. I mean, when it's. I feel like that moment is so representative of the humor and the the notes that the, those two women are playing because, like, Anna just you know kind of slides into this like you know, and it's just so dumb and funny and weird, and it's just like her singing the Bagel Bites commercial in front of Sam's yes. parents, except. Maya's parents are loving it, but then Maya just like plays this much like she goes way too far, and I think the fact that they they have those styles or they have distinct comedic styles, I think <laughs> works so well and makes them yes. feel distinct. You know? Oh God, I just loved it, and I like the two other moments that really like I remember it was during the first episode, uh, first day I think that episode is called. When Maya does the Ace Ventura um, oh, impression, God. no, I, I think know. that was I... that was when I really locked in. I was like, "Holy shit, this is like!" I knew that the show was like something. I, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't wait to watch more of it, and like, it's so funny, and I love that like Anna laughs a lot during that too. And like mm-hmm. the popular kids kind of laugh a little bit too. I was like, okay, maybe she's going to be okay. Cause mm-hmm. like, she's just like the funny girl. Totally. Yeah. Um, But when she like goes into like the shoulder of the teacher and she's like, Mwah! and then she does the backwards talking. It is perfect. It's perfect. I know. Like I knew that note. I knew that tone. I knew that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, I, and, uh, and I think a moment that like I that or that really jumped out to me that I'd just be remiss if I didn't highlight is in the posh episode is when they're recording and like the other girls are starting are like telling Maya like, oh, you're going to be Guido and you're going to serve oh, us. God, Becca. Oh, Becca. I mean, Becca so is specific. So Becca is such great casting. Yes. Is like I was like, oh, I fucking know who Becca is. Whenever I think of Becca, I'm like, oh, that little bitch. But it's in a, I in know, a sort and it's loving because she's like a kid and she's probably lovely, but she's she she's playing her part perfectly. perfectly. And I know exactly we all know the Becca. We yeah. all know the Becca. That scene, the 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 micro moments that Maya and Anna play. I mean, like like Maya kind of like submitting to the situation because she wants to fit in, and Anna kind of watching and and Anna is kind of like there's a lot of moments in the comeback where Mickey will be watching something from the sidelines and being like uh okay Val you yeah. know okay guys <clears throat> let's go let's like get it let's do this yeah or, like, I'll get the milk I'll right, do it right and like but not trying too hard mm-hmm. you know what I mean not wanting to, to rock the boat too much it's and then what's great is then when they're filming it a one of the girls is totally out of the shot but there's also kind of like a moment when they're dancing where Anna kind of embraces Maya and there's this subtle kind of like unspoken comforting moment happening or like a, a, a like I'm on your side moment. It's mm-hmm. I think beyond Anna Ishi Peters like that that scene I think is just 
brilliant. Like they yeah. like there are tiny little moments that they've just like between like the writing, acting, directing, editing is is just genius. It really is. Uh, another Maya moment that I I have to mention or else I would I would scream if I mm. forgot this is in episode two with Miranda when they take like the computer cleaner and she like inhales it. Uh huh. And then she's like, "When is this supposed to?" Oh, and then she just <laughs> falls over. Yeah. Oh, oh god. Oh, how long were we out? Like yes. thinking it was a communal experience. Oh man, oh, what god. we were crazy. And it's like, no, you just passed out on the couch for ten seconds. Yeah. And like how they bought like four lighters. Like I remember buying my first lighter, and like it's so nerve wracking because they're right there on the counter, and you don't yeah. have time to like really think about it or like look at it, and like. I obviously knew just to get one, but I loved the choice of like, I, I guess like four or like maybe like two, I guess, like just like the normal amount. Right. Uh, and when I hear the police siren outside, I'm like, okay, yes! just put it away, put it away. Like that, there's, they do that twice in the show. There's that. And then it's like after in the AIM episode when Maya's mom is outside and she honks the horn, they both jump because they're yes. so jumpy having been in the chat room and like, oh, it, like that sense of like being seen or being discovered. Like it's the 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 e- e- being easily startled as a 13 year old when you feel like yes. you've crossed the line it's that was so accurate i i knew that feeling i still know that feeling you know? yeah for yeah. sure fly miami bro 22 oh uh, my god i mean so i great. i definitely have lots of you know pretending to be i remember pretending to be 16 in a chat room and like Ooh. oh yeah because i thought that was older you know and i was sure like yeah 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 it's definitely believable then oh yeah um, uh, I mean, there are probably so many moments as is, I think you said before we even started recording that like, yeah, uh, we'll probably have not touched upon. I know. Like, I just remembered like Brendan and the gang too, but like Brendan is just weird. Yes. Oh, Brendan. He's I mean, such a creepy kid just to kind yeah. of blow through this. He's like, he's perfect. He's so short. I love that he turns into a goth kid at the dance. Yeah. I think that is like spot on perfect. I love the choice of that. Um, I can't the wild see what things happens. viewing party. Oh God, the kiss! Ooh. Oh, the kiss! That awful kiss! Just like the awkward energy of like watching wild things and like I mean I I think I had versions of that with like some like horror movies, but I don't think I ever had like a, a specific like oh we're all gonna watch a dirty movie together moment. Um, but yeah. like that scene and like just the the, the tension in the room, I just. And Jenna, uh, who's after Jenna, is Jenna. it Jenna who's Sam's? Oh, so yes. perfect! Oh, she's you're great. so funny, she, Sam. You're and so she's funny. in the next season. She's in the preview. Yes, so she's, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I feel like we covered a lot of really good stuff today. I feel like there's stuff that I'm. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a part two one day. Who knows? But um, totally, I, or else I'll just say it next week. Um, but yeah, we'll just have a segment. You know. Uh, yeah, I yeah. love this show so much. I it's kind of like my happy place show like I can turn it on and you know just be kind of doing something but I typically end up sitting down and just watching it like there are Mm -hmm. moments where you it's it's far the visual is far too much to just like have it on in the background you have to kind of you have to get into it and watch it too yeah I just love it so much I can't wait for season two me neither I I'm I'm hopefully I don't think I'm gonna space it out I think I'm gonna blow through it all next weekend and uh and i can't wait well because it's like they're releasing like what like seven episodes and then didn't you say that then there's like yeah so from what i read sorry to interrupt you no go ahead um 
from what I read, like back in like, I don't even know, February or something, they're doing seven episodes and then they were planning on doing like a one hour special or hopefully, I mean, make it a two hour special. Yeah, like I want it to be like a Christmas special or something like that. Mm. Um, and then they're going to do the second half of it, like another seven episodes or something like that. So whether or not that happens, I don't really know because COVID's happening and... I'm glad to have the first seven, though. I'm, yeah. I'm more than happy to have that much right now. Well, I think because I'm looking on IMDb and they have like the episode guide. And so season Ooh. two has, um, yeah, there's, let's see. There. Okay. So the, yeah, those, that, that next batch of episodes um, is scheduled for sometime in 2021. So maybe okay. they're already filmed. Makes, yeah. Um, oh. I know. Uh, but whatever. But I'd take... rather wait for it. Yeah. 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 I'd rather wait for it and have to like, you know, savor it. But yeah, Pen15 is really, oh God. A it's, gift. It's, it's a, a gift. gift. It is. Um, and we well, love it. Yeah. Yeah. This, ah, this was lovely. This was exactly what I needed. <laughs> um, it's been a crazy week. I mean, it's been an awful year. It's been a crazy week of moving. And this yeah. was like exactly i mean thank god this wasn't the diary of anne frank week you know i know woof yeah Yeah, woof or or god help us the murder on the orient express episode (laughs) the infamous murder on the orient express episode Uh, i know it's a real turning point for this podcast it was it was yeah we really jumped tracks on that 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 week (laughs) um so uh i guess that would just kind of bring us to our our final segment of the of the week which is yeah bsa of the week uh which of course uh, is a performance or an actor or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives. Yeah. Uh, so what do you got this week? Um, I have two nominees I just want to mention real quick. Um, the first is Keanu and I watched that movie on Hulu with Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti. Um, It's called Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's a it's it's a recommend. I don't know if it's like a high recommend, but like it's a really it's an hour and a half. It's like Andy Samberg is so sexy in it. I couldn't believe how attracted I was to him. I've always hmm. had like a little thing for him. Like he's kind of like this lovable goofball. Yeah. It kind of reminds it's like giving me Adam Sandler vibes when Adam Sandler was like really fit in some of his movies and like oh, really yes. tan. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yes, you know yeah. Back in like the I mean, I feel like, you know, what was it Airheads was I think but like even up to like Billy Madison, he was kind yeah. of Yeah. Yeah, is that version of him, yeah. Yeah, so I was really into him. And and Kristen Milioti, I she was everyone will know her like if you don't know her she was in the original Broadway cast of Once. She right. played, like, the girl. And then she was also, like, the mother and How I Met Your Mother. So just to put, yep. like, a little bit of... Um, and I think it's Kristen and not Christine. So sorry. But she's great in it. I honestly thought, like, I, I had never really seen her on anything, really. And I'm sure she's been in some stuff. But, like, she keeps up with Andy Samberg. They have, like, so much chemistry together. And I really, really liked her a lot. And and there's, like, a cameo of uh, with June Squibb. So <gasps> oh, I love June Squibb. Yeah, but it's 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 really brief. Like, I needed more June Squibb. I like said, ah, oh, June Squibb. And Keon's like, who's June Squibb? And I was like, get out of here. Get out. Um, get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my other BSA of the week is um, a specific episode of We Love to Hate TV with Colin, Johnny, Amanda, and Jody. Oh, this my God. All Stars 2 extravaganza. That was 
I, I, I spanned it over like two days, maybe even three. It was such a joy. I loved listening to all you. I feel like and... we, I feel like you were left out now that I think of it. I'm like, oh. No, we... it's funny because, yeah, Amanda texted me and she was like, is it okay? She's like, I'm going to ask Colin and Johnny to be on this episode. And basically saying like, you're not invited. But no, right. I, I didn't care. I didn't care because honestly, like, um, I don't think I had like the time that week or whenever you guys were recording, but also like five people in one episode, oh, just like trying to make it work. Like, I feel like me joining that would make it even more crazy, but um, it was perfect. The four of you. And I loved listening. And that, that whole, like, <laughs> no, not that with oh Jody. Oh my God. Uh, it was... That's their first tote bag. Like it's yeah. so good. No, not that. What is that quote from? That is from the, that clip of Bob and Peppermint doing the like Instagram live. Oh yes. yes, yes talking about the fracking. And yes. then she's like, Oh no, not, not that. Um, not it. Oh my God. And like, honestly, Jody was, it was just, I mean, I know that the feeling. shock on her face. Like, oh yeah, God. it was like, and like, just like the, okay. So the judges panel was like, <laughs> I just knew, I, I think that was so funny to me because I've been that I've done that. And I was just yeah. like, and I remember, and I remember thinking that moment, oh, somebody should, should, should tell her she didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> yes. And I, I think if Johnny didn't, I would be like, okay, wait, can we just go back for a second? And it just, yes. It was so funny. The two of them are such a hoot, and I know they're magic together. Uh, it's it really was great. It was such a. Uh, it was. It was really, really, really fun. Yeah. Yay. Um. And my BSA of the week is actually Margaret Atwood. I oh. bought. I I went to Barnes and Noble and half price books over the weekend, and I was buying a couple of books and just kind of you know drinking coffee, doing the whole experience, mm-hmm. and I saw the testaments. And I've heard that it was out. It's basically the sequel to The Handmaid's Tale. It's like, it takes place like 15 years later. Gilead is still a thing. Mm. But it's like, it's really unique in the fact that it's written from like three of the women's perspectives. One of them is Aunt Lydia and then two other women who I'm not going to say because it's it's too spoilery to like say who, who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so good. Like the Aunt Lydia chapters, there's so much to mine as far as like, her backstory and how be sh- how she became Aunt Lydia and I know we got that one episode of Handmaid's Tale where we like which is a beautiful episode with Anne Dowd mm. um but there's so much more that you learn about her in this book that I am like I'm not flying through it like I'm about halfway through right now it's like a 415 page book too but um I am loving and it's been a while since I've really been like I had to go to my chiropractor appointment on Monday and I was like, oh, I kind of don't want to go because I just want to read. I wish I could like read and drive at the same time. It's right. like one of those books. So I love it. I, I was talking to some of my book friends and they said that it's been getting mixed reviews, but I am obsessed with it. And I think it's uh, really captivating and uh, I'm I'm hooked. <laughs> so that's my BSA of the week, Margaret Atwood. All right. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I could say, I guess you? my nominee would be, um, just because there, cause there was a number of great actors and performances in, there's this movie from, I believe 1986. It's a Mike Nichols movie called Heartburn with, I've heard of it. Yeah. With yeah. Meryl Streep and yeah. Jack Nicholson, um, I believe written by Nora Ephron. Um, and it's, uh, it's good. It's a great movie. Uh, Meryl is fantastic in it. Meryl is just, I had those moments of like, God, Meryl, because she's playing, you know, she's not playing such a large character. Like it's, it's more of a Clarissa Vaughn like level of like, oh, this is a real woman. And got it. Meryl's just so, 
such a fucking phenomenal actress. Yeah. Uh, like, spoiler alert. Yeah. Says <laughs> everybody. Yeah. In case. Yeah. Word to the wise. <laughs> Meryl Streep. Not sure if anyone she knows. She really about knows her. what she's doing. Yeah. Up there. Boy, someone should give her an Oscar nomination or something. <laughs> but she really is, and she actually wasn't nominated for Heartburn, but she's fabulous in it. Um, but the supporting cast is lovely. Uh, Stalker Channing. Um, Catherine O'Hara. Ooh. Um, Maureen Stapleton, who I don't think we've talked about much, but I love her, and she's a multiple BSA nominee and winner, actually. Okay. Um, she's I know lovely. her name, but I don't yeah. know her. I'm sorry. She, oh, she's fantastic. Um, I'd love to do some kind of episode about her at some point. Okay. Um, in smaller roles, there's in like one scene, there's Mercedes Rule, who's also a BSA oh, winner. Oh, yes. Joanna Gleason. Ah. Who's fabulous in like one okay. scene. She's fabulous. And in a wonderful one scene role, a Miss Caroline Aaron. <gasps> no. And she's wonderful. Oh, she's like, it's that, it's that Caroline Aaron effect where I'm like, oh, yes. And you just want more of her. You do. Um, you always so, do. Yeah. There's just like, so there's, and you know, there's some great men. Like Jeff Daniels is in it. Um, uh, obviously Jack Nicholson. Uh, I love a young Jeff Daniels. I oh, think he's, he's like great. such a hunk in like a nerdy way. You know what I mean? And that's totally like, I feel like yeah. I can't tell if his, I don't remember if his character is supposed to be gay in the movie, but it gives me, it's funny to think of like Meryl and, and Jeff Daniels. You know? Yeah. I was just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Pre it's like the hours. Yeah. Pre the hours. Oh my God. All I want to do is talk about that, that scene between yes. Lewis and Clarissa. And again, <laughs> I just fucking love that scene. Yeah. Uh, but he's so great. And so it's, it is, uh, there's a, a young, what's his name? Kevin Spacey, who plays like a mugger, like a subway oh. mugger. And it's like, oh yeah, Kevin Spacey. I know. Uh, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, gross. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, it's a great, oh, and the soundtrack, like the main theme is from this Carly Simon song, uh, Coming Around Again, uh, okay. which is, it's so funny because it, Carly Simon, obviously, you know, one of her songs was like one of the main themes from Working Girl as well. Yes. Which is another Mike Nichols movie full of great women, including mm -hmm. Caroline Aaron. And yeah. there is something about Carly Simon in an 80s like movie soundtrack uh, yeah, about it's women. Just right. Oh, yeah. this song is so good. Oh, that so that's also kind of a nominee is Coming Around Again by Carly Simon. It's such a beautiful song and it's and it's so perfect um in this movie. But that's my nominee, and my my winner of BSA of the Week would have to be some lady lip syncs that have been <laughs> appearing on TikTok. Uh, my 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 co-host has finally well, I've done it. Well, you've yeah. done it, and ah, uh, Beatrice Strait. I mean, I've waited my whole life to see a lip sync of Beatrice Strait, and there it was. And then uh, Madeline Kahn. In, in yeah. Clue and the list, I mean, I'm so excited. Yeah, the excited list about... is growing. Yeah. I, uh, my TikTok profile looks so bare because it's uh, it's like I, keep, I need to keep banging them out. But they yeah. take some time. The longer, you know, I'm glad it's only a minute. But sometimes a minute packs a punch. Like Beatrice Strait. Like it's a lot of memorization. It's crazy yeah. how like and it just immediately leaves my head like mm -hmm. the moments that I'm done with it. So uh Oof, yeah, it was a lot, but I'm I'm there. I did like seventy takes of that Beatrice straight, and you only get one shot. And I, yeah. I just had to eventually say, okay, this is the one. I feel good about it. Yeah, there. I mean, that is. I mean, that script is so hard. Like that's yeah. you know, uh, it, that that's a 
that's such a hard monologue to do anyway. I mean, like, you know, uh, is that what, is that what's left for me? I mean, like, um, yes. well, I get the doltage. I mean, these yeah, are, these, she gets these, the winter passion and I get, I get the, the doltage. Like this, these what are, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I mean, you could win an Oscar for that kind of stuff. And I so, know. uh, and so I, I am loving these lady lip syncs. I want more. Yeah. I have already put in requests. Yeah. Um, you if know, anyone else has any requests, uh, tweet us. Yeah. Or like yeah. email us. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I know you've posted the Beatrice Strait one on, on our Twitter at BSA yeah. pod. Yes. I would encourage post all of them, but where yeah. else could, could our listeners find your lady lip sync? Yeah. In addition to, uh, TikTok, and my handle is the same for TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. It's just at Nick Kochanov. All right. And that's that. And that's How about you, that, Colin? Where can that, we find more of you? Well, um, oh, oh, I guess I'm, I'm getting played off, but I'll, oh very gosh, quickly, yes. I'll very quickly say where uh, you could find more of me. Uh, at, uh, um, you can find me also on In the Details, a celebration of nuance, which I'll get back to once I have finished moving. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll Can't do that wait. scene from the hours. Yeah, I think Ooh, yes. there was uh, a movie we were going to talk about. Uh, oh, yeah. A yeah, Kathleen yeah. Turner movie, I think we were yes. going to talk about. So we'll get that on the calendar. Um, and then you can find me, of course, on All Right Mary. We're about to start doing our recaps of Drag Race Holland. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then you can, of course, find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can find both of us in a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod on Twitter. Yeah. And you can send us emails at thebsapod at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, so this has been a hoot and a holler. Oh, um, Thank you, Maya Erskine and a conkle for your creation. Yeah, just like, we are forever thank you. Indebted. Yeah, I feel like if I saw these women on the street, I would just, I would probably do what so many people our age would do, and just be like, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Beyond just being like starstruck, it's just like, yeah, thank you for giving us this. <laughs> yeah. Like this. Ugh, thank you. Um, so thank you. And yeah. that, as they say, is that. <laughs>